0: Hey guys, welcome back to socially awkward ish. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley, and I'm one of your co-hosts Erica. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, and listening to us, we appreciate all of y'all's positive feedback. Um from our first podcast, or our first episode, I should say. Um and thanks for tuning in for our second one. We hope you enjoyed as much as you enjoyed the first one. Um so today we're talking about dating and relationships. Um but before that, um what we're going to do every episode is talk about our most recent awkward or anxious
1: moment. Do you want to go first, Erica? Yeah, so I feel like I've had a pretty good week this week. I haven't really had any especially awkwardish like socially awkward moments. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was thinking back to like this morning or just in general, when you're like meeting people right now, I think Uh with like COVID, Mm -hmm. I was already kind of awkward meeting people in general. And so Uh now it's like, okay, am I six feet apart? Are they paranoid about how close I am to them? Am I too close? Should I be further? Like, and then it's like, now I don't shake your hand. So am I going to wave or am I just going to stand here? (laughs) And I just had like one of those moments this morning and it was funny. And then I was thinking through like, I feel like meeting people is even more awkward now (laughs) than it used to be a few years ago. And so um that was my moment as far as your win. Yeah, like that 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 if that's my most recent awkward moment, I consider that a win because we all know that I have some crazy awkward stories.
0: <laughs> well, and then it's like you can't even see your face under the the mask. Like when we were talking about the other day, like you have to try so hard to smile with your eyes. You my do. Asian eyes give it away, so you know when I'm smiling. But you have to
1: try really hard. Yeah, I have to try super hard and then you're like, I don't even know what you look like under that. Like what do your <laughs> teeth look like? I mean, like, do I even like your face? Like <laughs> I think you don't tell them that when you first meet them. No, no, oh, but on your first date? <laughs> <laughs> I would be I would be see, I would be terrible at dating if I was dating right now and yeah, I, I completely just, you know, hearts out there for all of you guys that are single and trying to date during yeah. COVID. Because extra brownie points,
0: for You are sure. just
1: killing it regardless. Mm-hmm. Well, mine was last night.
0: We hang out with our neighbors a lot, and one of them down the street was having a bonfire. And it's typically a couple, so Michael and I always go together. But he hung back for an extra 10 minutes, um, so I went down by myself. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. Yep. Entering the social gathering solo. (laughs) So I texted my neighbor that I'm closest with. He lives right next to me. And I said, should I go in through the back? Should I go in through the front? Where are you guys? And then every socially awkward-ish person's nightmare is? Uh,
1: not getting a response. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So I'm like, Okay, standing there in the driveway. Should I go in through the front? Should I go in through the back? Well, if I go in through the back, then I'm going to be right there. And then they're going to see me and I'm going to have to say hi. But if I go in through the front, it gives me an extra five seconds till I get to the back door. But then I'm still entering in to the crowd of people where I'm going to be the center of attention. What if their front (laughs) door is not even open? Oh, my gosh, they have a ring. The ring, they're probably looking at me through the ring. You know, you go there. You just go there. But then he texted me back and said, come in through the back. So I go to the fence gate. And I am slow-mo trying to open the gate so that I can make the littlest amount of noise possible because it's taking me a couple minutes to open the gate. (laughs) And I'm like, they can't know that I don't know how to open the gate besides the fact that once I pass this, then I'm going to have to, you know, greet everybody by myself. And my neighbor comes up to the other side and literally just, pulls the gate open from his side meanwhile i was trying to pull it open from my side the entire time so if that's not embarrassing enough and then you know i gotta walk in and do the little queen wave hey guys
1: (laughs) no i was not at the fence trying to open it the wrong way for the past five minutes (laughs) it makes it's always awkward when somebody makes something (laughs) that you're trying to do look easy and then you're like huh so that's how that worked. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I just looked like an you idiot. Do. You have to,
0: you, like you said, you have to make a joke out of it in order to get through that moment because I was definitely embarrassed. And I never, I don't think I've ever gone to a neighbor gathering since we moved in by myself. Like Michael and I always go together, and I will talk about it a little bit further in this episode, but he's like my segue into the social world because he is mr social butterfly Mm -hmm. so he gives me the confidence to be able to enter like the arena of anxiety with gatherings and he wasn't with me i lost my buddy yeah you lost your crutch Mm -hmm. (laughs) i lost him i lost him so uh before this episode i was trying to do a little bit of research uh if i could find anything on um social anxiety disorder and dating um, and what I came across um, a specific article written by Very Well Mind um, says that unfortunately, social anxiety disorder can take a toll on your ability to establish, develop, and maintain a romantic relationship. And part of this is likely because it's difficult to let your guard down and feel vulnerable, even with someone you love and trust. I can preach. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean you and Daniel have been together for a long time. Michael and I are going on, you know, a decade. And yeah, it's, I mean, for me to let my guard down and, and really tell him something that I'm feeling is still very difficult for me.
1: Yeah, and I think um, I struggle with not knowing exactly what's bothering me. Mm-hmm. So then I experience, like, the anxiety and, like, lack of vulnerability because I'm like, I have something to share, but I don't know what it is mm-hmm. <laughs> because I... Don't know how to like feel things sometimes, and right, um, yeah, I mean, like you guys have been together for um well ten years almost yeah, and 10 plus years next month it'll be seven years for Daniel and I, mm-hmm. and like even still, like being open, being vulnerable, like just letting that guard down is so, so difficult. yeah, so it says the higher your anxiety, the more difficult
0: emotional intimacy maybe because you see it as too risky, yes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, for those who receive treatment and are able to find the right supportive partner, which I think we did, mm-hmm. a healthy and fulfilling relationship is not all out of the question. And from reading that I feel like there is some type of middle ground because I still have difficulty being vulnerable and sharing my emotions with Michael. But I know for a fact that he's my soulmate. I I feel that our marriage is fulfilling. Um, And so I feel like that's kind of a middle ground, whereas somebody else might struggle to have as much emotional intimacy because maybe their love language specifically is words of affirmation or physical touch or something like that. That's not my love language. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No. But there's a connection there
1: yeah for sure I'm not a um I am not a physical touch like person I don't like PDA it makes me feel awkward I Mm -hmm. feel like if Daniel tries to touch me in public I'm like please stop like I always have like I try to stop him or I like we go places and I'm like I don't want to be like Mm lovey-dovey um or I'll give him like this is not how I want to be like, this is how, or this is how I want to be at this gathering. Let's just be like friends or something (laughs) like that, which is so dumb because we're like together and we're married. But I still even like two and a half years into marriage struggle with like PDA or like I don't want people to feel awkward around us and mm-hmm. it's really probably nobody's feeling awkward around us, it's just that I'm creating this awkwardness for those people mm-hmm. and I and then and then it's all in my head and I just roll with them. That's just <laughs> And I feel awkward when I see people kissing in public. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just, like, a me thing. Like, yeah, I'm not like, oh, that's so cute. Like, for me, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, aren't you worried about what everybody's thinking? <laughs>
0: yeah, like, you don't need to touch my butt at Walmart. Like, we can just wait till we get home. And, and if that, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm, off, I'm still deciding. The burden still out on that one. <laughs> I could not find any research on the connection of... Social anxiety disorder and love language, which I feel definitely goes hand in hand because we have the same um, love languages, you and I. We like gifts and we like acts of service. We like to receive that yes. and we like to give that. Correct. Our husbands... Complete opposite. Yes. they But want, same for but them same too. Because they're social. They want physical touch and they want words of, af- words of affirmation. And I find that so interesting. You guys, if you if you have the time to DM us, I want to know what your love language is. If you are in a relationship or marriage or have been in a relationship in the past where you were able to identify um, you're in your partner's love language, I would love to know if you feel that same connection. Um, and so I was surprised that there wasn't any research on it because it makes sense to me that we would be... We, our love languages would be kind of more behind the scenes. like
1: Yeah, yeah uh, a little bit more surface level, mm-hmm. maybe. And and it, and it may not be feel surface level to us because there's, like, a reason behind why we're doing it. Like, I know that we're purposefully doing an access service for somebody else because, like, we feel like that will be meaningful. And that's, like our way of showing, like, Correct. our appreciation for them. Mm-hmm. Because I suck at words of affirmation. And Daniel, my husband, like, he... Yes loves to hear things from me and I think it goes back to the whole like vulnerability like thing like I like it's hard for me he'll be like I love you babe and I'll be like okay like <laughs> I and I don't even like realize that I do that until you know weeks down the line he's like you haven't said you love loved me back in a long time and I'm like I haven't
0: <laughs> it's it's hard I mean I know that that sounds really messed up you guys but I think that Michael could probably never tell me he loves me for the rest of our lives. And I would be okay with it because to me, him showing that he loves me is doing the things I ask him to do, like taking out the trash or, um, I mean, I'm not like huge on gifts, but I mean, I'll take them. I think, I think acts of service is the biggest one. And that's that's just how I communicate with him. You know, I want to do something for him if I want to surprise him and he's at work and I get something done during nap time and I can't wait for him to get home. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, look what I did. This is how much I love you. Like
1: that is just the language that I am speaking with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like um, he ever doesn't like receive that like as much as you want? As oh, much as 100%, you want him to receive that. He
0: doesn't. Because just like you mentioned with Daniel, I mean, Michael will be like, you haven't given me one all day. And by one, he means a kiss. And I'm like, oh, do I have to? Like, it just... It's not even like that I don't want to kiss him or be intimate
1: with him or whatever. It just – it's not on the forefront of my no. mind. It's, like, the last thing that I think about every day. And I'm, like, hmm, I went through the whole day and I didn't give him a kiss. I probably should, like, give him a little something. Like, you go, do you know? Like, you're a good husband, you know? <laughs> I mean, they
0: seriously want, like, a round of applause for the things that they get done. Which is also hard. Because I'm, like, I – you know, this house is ours for you to – mow the lawn is you don't need a round of applause uh-uh, for that that's I do get a for <laughs> scrubbing the sink you know and I don't I don't expect it because I don't care about the words I'm like you could say
1: anything it'll go right over my head yeah I am the same way, like, especially if, you know, like, it's like, oh my gosh, baby, you're so beautiful. Like he loves to say oh those God, things to me. Oh my God, it gives me anxiety you saying that. Yes. Like <laughs> he loves to say those things to me and I appreciate that he wants to build me up in that way. But at the same time, I, like him, don't receive that well. Like, so mm-hmm. if, if it's the opposite and I'm doing something for him that he doesn't, like receive like you know if I'm giving right. him something that would be my love language right. he doesn't receive that so right. when he gives me something that's his love language I'm like okay and then like you know then you, he said it like ten times and you're like I got it like thank you okay can right. we move on <laughs> right I know and and I feel like it's
0: interesting because like we said earlier we've had these long term relationships with people who are completely the opposite of us and we speak a different language um emotionally like how are we making that work I kind of think back to it I'm like I feel like there probably is some type of deficit somewhere and that makes me probably that probably it makes me want to kind of reel that in a little bit more at the end of the day I probably need to be a little bit more like okay for my husband how he receives love is me giving him a kiss or saying that I love him or thanking him so much for taking up the trash. And I've said before that I need to be more aware of that, but it totally gets lost in translation with yeah. everyday life.
1: And I feel like a lot of people that like experience social anxiety can probably relate with that and, 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 and why it's been so hard to either find a significant other or why it makes certain aspects of a relationship difficult because... Mm-hmm. I find that, you know, every at least once a week, there's something different that I'm like, oh, crap, that's another thing I need Dad to add to the list to work on. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm that, not doing that, that well. well.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it differs. But for you, you know, you mentioned that Daniel was and is your most, like, only relationship. Can <laughs> I mean, yeah. say it
1: like that? <laughs> no. I mean, you can say it. I avoided so hard any sort of like interaction like with boys like I didn't I didn't start dating Daniel until I was like 17 and a half and that obviously is young still sure um and I don't even know like how that like happened and why we're like how we're still together like he is just like you know perfect for me he's your person yep he's my person um, but before all of that, like in all the times, like, or all the years that all my friends were dating and exploring the dating thing or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I was like such an avoider and, and every interaction with a boy, like made me feel awkward. Mm-hmm. And then any time that I thought somebody could like me or oh, once I real, if I realized somebody was flirting with me or whatever, I immediately like backpedaled. I was like, I'm out. Like, Uh, I disappear, disappear off the face of the earth with that person because it made me like so scared. Uh Um, and I can remember this one time I went to a party in high school and, um, there were, there was this guy and you know, high school parties, like (laughs) they're ragers, but literally like alcohol got brought out and I was not like a drinker before I was 21. Like, you know, like I'm, I I was like, I was a rule follower Because, you know, rules keep you in boxes and boxes are safe. And so so I remember the alcohol coming out. And then this one guy that he he just started, like, kind of talking to me and, like, flirting with me. And, like, I started sweating. My heart was pounding. And I was, like, texting a friend. I was, like, oh, my God, I have to get out of here. And I just remember the second he, like, walked away for a moment, I... We were up in a loft at somebody's house or whatever. And I bolted down the stairs, <laughs> out the door. I ran down the street to my car, got in the car. Like, I'm, like, checking behind me to see if he's, like, chasing after me because oh I'm, like, crazy. <laughs> and um, and then I left. And I never did not back. ever. I n- never looked back. And I certainly didn't attend very many parties in high school <laughs> after that because <laughs> I think I was scared. <laughs> Isn't that funny how those types of interactions are
0: so almost traumatizing for us? Yeah. I think it's, like, too much too soon. Like, you have to inch into any type of vulnerable situation. Yeah.
1: It's, like, a slow pace. Like, really slow. he wasn't going slow. Pace no, he you. was not going slow. And I wasn't. was, like, was I, don't even, I don't even hardly know you. And I don't know that I'm ready for a relationship right now. <laughs> and I just, like, I totally freaked. And I have always been like that. I... I think I would be like that now. Like if I had never found Daniel, I think that I would still be single and and bolting from every boy that ever tried to show it just to me because I would be like, "Oh, oh great." I was like, "It's getting too real. Got to go."
0: <laughs> it's I can relate though because I even even Michael and I have been together since we were 18 and 19. And you know, we're in college. So I mean, I, we would go out or whatever. Or I'd go out with my friends. And I remember one time this, like, really nerdy kid at the bar. <laughs> I think he came over to me and said something along the lines of, like, I think you're really pretty or something. And even that embarrassed me because I was embarrassed for him. And I was like, okay. And I just, like, walked away. But and even if a guy is just friendly and talking to me it makes me nervous because I'm like they don't know that I have a boyfriend what if they're like trying to take advantage of me oh he just wants to buy me a drink because he wants to like take me home tonight I mean you're like all about the what-ifs oh what ifs oh if central and like you mentioned I would 100% still have that type of thinking today if I was in the dating scene and I'm I don't know the most or the best way to overcome that and that type of situation because someone is physically and emotionally coming on to you. Yeah. And for somebody with social anxiety disorder, that's a lot. I think
1: you almost have to be like prepared and like ready to take on that step because I don't think that before I met Daniel, I was ever ready. And that's why I just avoided everything. Mm -hmm. But I think like, If you're, like, in that zone and you really do truly want a relationship, like, you have to go ahead and start taking those steps to make Mm -hmm. sure that you are okay with if this happens or if I get asked a vulnerable question, am I okay with just being vulnerable and being deep? Because Mm -hmm. even I have to do that with friendships. Like, Mm -hmm. if I'm like, oh, like, I really like that person. I'd love to be friends with them. Like, even with you, like when we were were meeting and and started Mm -hmm. talking and and getting to know each other, I was like, I just have to be honest. Like, I know I have to be real. I have to be vulnerable about my past. I have to be deep about my past. Mm -hmm. And like, so that you can get to know me because otherwise Mm -hmm. you just stay at this like surface level relationship. And I think that's where uh, people with social anxiety have a struggle. Like you just, you can't get past that, that surface level um, awkwardness and, and, you know, deepness and then and then you're then the other person's not getting anything out of it and that's why it doesn't work (laughs) well the deeper you
0: go the more vulnerable you have to be and the more vulnerable you are the more it's gonna hurt when you face rejection right and that's our worst fear is rejection and in a dating scenario I mean there's a 50 50 chance they either like you or they don't like you so you're already putting yourself out there in that type of scenario And for you to go a little bit further and take a couple things out of the backpack of anxiety that you Mm -hmm. have to share with that person, I think is going to take a really long time if you end up in a really liking somebody and having, um, you know, a long term relationship. And if they're the person for you, they'll get it. Right, They're going to understand it or at least try to understand it as much as they can.
1: Yeah. And I think also just like being open about what like makes you anxious or like scenarios and things like that. Cause like I had to do that all through dating with Daniel. Like this is something that makes me nervous this is going to make me anxious. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel right now. Like I had to learn to like really like say those things. And he obviously was patient enough and we made it work and mm-hmm. now we're married and it works out. But I I also empathize with the, the fear of rejection because I feel like even like I'm like, oh, like, we are bound by marriage and i'm still scared that he's going to reject me one day you know like mm-hmm. i do still have those fears like even being married mm-hmm. those fears don't go away it's mm-hmm. just like you have to get to a point where you can trust somebody enough to overcome them
0: yeah yeah well i i think i was a little, little bit more outgoing than you when i was, <laughs> i wouldn't i would not uh, characterize myself as outgoing from age 0 to 18 but i my social anxiety paralyzed me so much that all I wanted to do was fit in and be in a social situation, if that makes sense. Sure. So it was worth it for me to take the risks of dating somebody or, you know, texting this guy or whatever, because I so badly, I was like, maybe this is the person and then that'll be cool. And then I'll feel good about myself or enough or, you know, fulfilled. fulfilled. And I started dating my long-term boyfriend when we were in seventh grade, which is kind of like an awkward age, but that's when you start to become interested in people, you know? And sure. he was so much more awkward than me, and I think that's why I was interested in him, because he made me feel kind of normal Yeah. for the longest time, and we dated almost, we broke up junior year and then got back together a little bit senior year, but we, you know, we went through our adolescence together for... You grew up together. We grew up together almost, Um, but when we got to high school, you know, he became a jock. So he, um, was, became much more popular, social, recognized, recognized, all those things. And he kind of started to branch out at least with the people he knew, like, you know, the other guys on the football team or basketball team or whatever. Sure. And that didn't, I didn't fit that mold. I still don't fit that mold. And I remember... After school, I would go straight to my car. I'd, I'd walk straight there, and then I'd go home. I would like beat the traffic in the parking lot because everyone else would stay and hang out. There was like a specific lobby, and everyone would go before they went to practice or like went home because that's what they did. Yeah. Like school was over, or you went socialize. and chatted with your
1: friends and whatever. Right. Like, I, I wasn't really like that either. I, I didn't. To, I couldn't. I mean, for me, I could count on one
0: hand in four years the amount of times that I stepped into that lobby and even doing that to this day like if I were to do that in a group full of people I mean it's overwhelming yeah and it started to kind of pull us apart because it almost was like we had two different lives and he had these friends and like I was kind of part of the friend group because I was his girlfriend but I didn't fit in because I wasn't social like them I didn't go to the parties like I just I couldn't and so it wasn't even fulfilling that thing that i thought it would by dating somebody and putting myself out there but you know at the end of the day i think i also we did not have a healthy relationship but what i remember and i'm now re- recognizing is that even though we had an unhealthy relationship i kept going back because it was what was comfortable right and, well, and that's what, you know, that's what I know. And I think that applies to people who even aren't socially awkward. But in that type of environment in high school, I just wanted like I was okay with it just being comfortable, right. even if I couldn't hang out in the lobby with everybody after school, I was okay with accepting that. And at least I was dating somebody who was kind of cool because if I wasn't dating somebody who was kind of cool, then I had nothing. Right.
1: Yeah. You're like, okay, if this relationship can just get me through the end of high school and then I can, yeah, like then I can move on and and do something else or whatever I want to do after this. Like, yeah, I can totally see how that was. And and Daniel, I mean, we didn't even go, we didn't go to the same high school, but he was definitely like, I mean, he was an athlete. He was Mm -hmm. going to school, you know, as an athlete, he was, you know, for college and everything. And, and he knew lots of people and he was well liked because he was a social butterfly. And, and I always, um, envied his high school experience over Mm -hmm. mine because I, um, I was like the choir girl. And first of all, you're not that popular when you're in choir anyways, (laughs) but second off, like I wasn't all that great. I mean, I was, Liked, I feel like, but I didn't have a lot of close friendships. And so I think that, like, I was like, oh man, like, I'm so jealous of, like, all the, seemingly all these friendships that you have and all these people that you have that you can, like, hang out with and whatever. When I would be like, okay, going off campus to have lunch by myself at my house. Like, right. (laughs) Because I'm too awkward. (laughs) Yes, party of one. Like, that's me. Well, when I when
0: I was a junior and we had broken up, I, I mean, I still put myself out there. I'm trying to think back to how I even, like, met guys. Like, I think one guy was my friend's friend, and we didn't go to the same high school. She was my neighbor. She went to private school, and she was a year older than me. And I think I, like, went to her boyfriend's baseball game one time, and she was like, oh, Justin thinks you're cute, so... Like, do you want to go on a date with him or something? And I was like, oh, okay. And I told her to tell him. Like, I'm not going to go out and be like, oh, yeah, I'm interested too. Like, there's got to be a middleman there. So, and then, uh, (coughs) excuse me. I remember there was another guy in my grade. And I think we just had a whole bunch of classes together. So, we just always sat next to each other and saw each other. And we are kind of like acquaintances. And then I kind of started to develop a crush on him. And we had this inside joke about, like, macaroni and cheese. And I think it was, like, I was making it one time, and he called me, and then, like, I called him another time. And he was, like, oh, ha, ha, I'm making it, too. I don't know. Anyway. I was, <laughs> and you're, like, oh, are you? <laughs> I guess we're soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went over to his house, and we made macaroni and cheese. And... We sat on the couch and we were like watching TV or whatever. And I mean, I think we're about 30 seconds in and he turns over to me and scoops the macaroni off of my sweatshirt because I was so concentrated on looking at the TV. So I didn't have to look at him because I felt so awkward that apparently I missed my mouth and I had macaroni cheese all over me. Needless to say, we never hung out ever again. So, um, and so because of that, then I went back to my old boyfriend yeah. Like that's that's pretty much
1: how it worked. I remember uh we Dana and I went on a date one time, and we were like going to Buff, like I think it was like a Buffalo Wild Wings or something. We were eating wings, and I had worn like this white tank top under a sweater or whatever, like a cardigan. And I'm like thinking, oh, this is like I just need to make sure that I don't spill anything on my clothes like I'm already like I already don't want to spill anything on my clothes regardless of if they're white but especially right now because what if he wants to do something after and then like I have this like stain on my shirt or whatever and (laughs) guess what Erica does Erica drops the freaking wing on (laughs) the white tank top so then I'm like looking at him and I'm like looking back down and I'm looking back at him and I'm like looking back down at the stain you know like you're like doing that like Uh back and forth like Uh thing with your eyes and I was like, um, I have to go to the bathroom. So I immediately like jump up, run to the bathroom, try to scrub it out, and I can't even get it. And if you're me and you're anxious about the way you look out in public, uh, then uh, that was kind of a <laughs> terrible experience because I was like that the rest of the day. And was that one of your first dates? Or that it was, was like- pretty. It was pretty early in our relationship. Yeah, for sure.
0: Because one of our um, listeners messaged us and she has a similar story. She said that, you know, before you go on a date and, you know, you're kind of giddy, kind of excited, you have like those nervous butterflies and you're like starving and then you go out to eat and, um, but then the food comes and your throat's in your stomach. So you're like, oh, I'm not hungry anymore. And then it's like, you want to take a sip of your drink, but then, what if they're, like, talking and then you go to take a sip and then they think that you're not listening to them? But then what if you have to go to the bathroom? But then what if you're in the bathroom too long? And or then what if you just choke on it altogether? You in the bathroom. <laughs> what if you what? Just choke on the drink altogether. <laughs> or spill the wings all over your white tank top. I mean, the the what ifs are endless. And she shared that with me and, and said that that's how it goes for any date that she goes on. Like, that's just where her mind goes. And I can yeah. totally relate to that. So another listener, listener, me, I can't use my words, um messaged in, and she talked about how her social anxiety negatively affected her relationship. Um, and the reason for that is because she didn't want to go out. She didn't want to meet up with her boyfriend's friends. She didn't want to go to parties. She was kind of at that age where you're, you're supposed to do that, like 19, 20 it just wasn't. It didn't. It wasn't appealing to her because it gave her anxiety and sure. her i and mean, I he other didn't understand. Like he just didn't get it. So instead of, I guess, a Michael or Daniel being patient with us and kind of trying to help us, he they would argue about it. And so I guess my only advice would just be find somebody that's patient. I mean it's It's already hard enough to not be able to describe the anxiety and the feelings that you feel um in in certain social situations and having to do that with somebody who is kind of already frustrated
1: with the scenario yeah. is what well, th- that's sort of like reject he's rejecting her yeah, anxiety rejection, you're and right. you can't you can't change that that's how you feel you can't change that that's how you're going to be probably most of your life, if not the rest of your life. I foresee that this is going to be a long-term issue for me, <laughs> myself. Right. Um, but I, I think that if you are in that kind of scenario, yeah, you're, you need to be looking for somebody who get, like doesn't necessarily get it because they're not going to get it. We've said that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but can be patient with it and work with it or is going to challenge you to be your best self. Because they know that that's a hindrance for you. So like, mm-hmm. and for instance, like Daniel, if I say I am feeling anxious today or I am struggling with this today or, you know, like, because you know, trying to be open, trying to be right. vulnerable, trying right. to keep that part of the relationship like alive, like, <laughs> and um, he's like, okay. Well, you know, let's go do this, or let's get out of the house mm-hmm. and, and and what are you willing to do mm-hmm. um and and how can we pull pull you out of this, or how can I make you more comfortable if I walk through the door first? is that going to help if i if I hold the door for you, like do you want me to hold the door for you, or do you want me to walk through the door first or like it's very small things like that uh-huh. that make a huge difference in people that struggle like or like me who struggles with anxiety because it's yeah. like those small small things will set me off mm-hmm. and it, it it's like that that's a that makes a huge difference for me and so I think if you're finding some if you're dating somebody who won't try to understand or won't try to help you or won't try to like help you be better mm-hmm. then I don't know that it's worth it in my opinion because I think that there, we've proven that there are guys out there that will understand and will be patient and, yeah. um, and, and will, you know, help us out and, in, in when we're struggling. And I also feel like
0: people, you know, whether, you know, you're a guy or a girl, you know, whatever. And, um, when, When you're first dating, I feel like people are a little bit willing to take more risks or work with you because they want to see where it's going to go. And then maybe later down the line when it's maybe still hard because they don't understand your anxiety. And that's where, like, the frustration starts to build up because resentment has built up. Sure. Like, at the first in your relationship, I think, is the time to try to make those feelings known so that they know from the beginning how you are feeling. And then by date 10, they know that they don't want you to hold the door open for you. They want you to walk in first and you follow them because that that's what makes them feel more comfortable and that's already established and respected
1: almost. Yeah. Oh, for sure. and the, And the reason behind that being something that like is anxiety is because I know if we go to a restaurant, and he doesn't walk through the door first and he holds the door and I walk through the door first, that means that I have first contact with the hostess and I don't want first contact (laughs) with the hostess. Like that's how far I think through those things. I'm like, I want you to walk through the door first and say that we're here and we only have two people. Like, I don't want to have to say that there's only two people. I don't even want to talk to her at all.
0: <laughs> so does Dana ever do the thing where, like, Michael will be like, do you want me just to drop you off and you
1: can go to this table?
0: Hell no, I'm going to stay in the, in the car and, I'm, and walk in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me tell you a story about just that that part in general. This has nothing to do with dating or relationships except for if this happened in a scenario. But... I, we were on a trip, and it was a girl's trip, and it was me and my mom, my friend and her mom, and we were going to the restaurant, and my mom and her, my friends, my friend are more similar, and mm-hmm. I and my friend's mom are more similar. Okay. And and so we always joke about how, like, they each got stuck with, like, the wrong daughter because, like, the other one, the, the kids are different from mm-hmm. the parents. And we went, and we were, like, um, we're driving, and then, you know, it's like, there's clearly not gonna be any parking near the restaurant you know my mom is always like oh well you guys you girls just hop out and and then we'll park the car and come and I was like heck no I was like you two hop out of the car and me and you know my friend's mom are like we'll go park and we walked like a freaking mile to get to that restaurant (laughs) but I'll tell you what we walked in and all we had to do is walk to the table So but, worth it. Yeah, it's completely worth it, like, to walk a mile, then be the, like, one that has to walk in and then sit at the table by myself for a little bit. Like, there's no way I'm doing no, that. No. Honestly, I'd rather go to a different restaurant. <laughs> Just not wait. <laughs> Girl, I hear you preaching to the choir. So all y'all out
0: there that don't want to walk in first or get the table, we hear you. We can relate. Yes. I think that's funny because we are so behind the scenes of things and that is how both of our relationships blossomed i mean i asked michael out through facebook messenger and he gives me crap for it to this day he says that i hunted him down and i have to remind him that i was attempting to flirt with him which probably doesn't
1: (laughs) even count as flirting for whatever i was doing and he just was too dumb to get the hint yeah you're like don't give yourself that much credit (laughs) right I don't oh know God, what, like, dating would have been like if I had grown up at a time that technology didn't exist. Because oh gosh. the reason, like, so I pulled the whole, um, basically Daniel one day had posted his Snapchat, um, user on his Twitter so I was all, like scrolling through Twitter and then I see that and I'm like oh, like now's my chance gotta make a move but can't be like so forward that mm-hmm. he like thinks that I'm like obsessed with him because we've we had really not talked before that um we had like met but we hadn't really like we obviously didn't have each other's phone numbers like it wasn't like you know we weren't really in the whole boyfriend girlfriend relationship yet uh-huh and so he does that, and I send him a Snapchat, like, oops, sorry. Like, or er, I sent one, and then I sent one, like, right after. Like, oops, sorry, that was for someone else. Like, like an idiot. Like, <laughs> I mean, he obviously, like, who, who ax- I very re- rarely accidentally send something to somebody because I'm so paranoid that I'm going to do that that I, like, double-check it 15 times before I actually send something. So for me to be like, oops, sorry, like, you purposefully. I was like, girl, like, I mean, I think of myself back, like, now, and I'm like, you are so dumb. Like, <laughs> that was so obvious that you were just trying to, like, get him to talk to you. But here you are. But here here we are. We're married. We're together. Oh, I did the same thing.
0: Look, I, I pulled the whole, my computer's dying. Here's my phone number. Yeah, but that was my move. Yep, so I'm doing homework in the library. If you want to join me, here's my phone number. Just text me. I'm at Minden Hall. You know, just casually here. So <laughs> well, yeah.
1: But can you imagine like what it would be like for us if we didn't have like the technology thing? Because no. I feel like I mean, now I feel like I've developed like developed more social skills as I've recognized my social anxiety and mm-hmm. things like that. But I before like when I didn't really know like what it was or what was causing it or what you know and I was just like awkward as a mess I, I don't know like what I would have done if I hadn't had technology I'd probably would still be single to be honest I think back to
0: my boyfriend and in, in middle school and high school and I think about how we called each other all the time and would talk on the phone and we didn't have cell phones till high school so I mean we would call on the landline and Like, you, I'm pretty sure I would always wait for him to call. There was no way I was gonna call his house and be like, Hi, this is Ashley. Can I talk to so and so? Nope. That was like way out of my comfort zone. But I was still okay talking on the phone versus texting because it was still behind the scenes. True. Yeah. And texting now is, I mean, it's a great tool, especially when you are kind of like casually dating and you can get back to them without offending them at whatever time of the day because you're, Working all day or whatever, right? But I'm wondering if it at all hinders your relationship that could blossom because you can hide behind it for such a long time.
1: Yeah, that's true. There's, I feel like that's a it's a two sided thing. It's like, okay, am I relying so much on not? So here, here's an example. I find that I can tell Daniel more difficult things through text message if I'm Mm -hmm. like typing it and Mm -hmm. writing it and not having to think through that stuff in my brain, like right on the spot. Mm -hmm. So like in the past, Daniel and I have like had the, you know, important or like difficult conversations or arguments over text message because it's easier for me to do that than to have to like look at him in the face. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that works, but I found that I was relying on that too much. And so I get what you're saying in that sense that, yeah, I totally can hinder relationships for sure, because you're not developing that vulnerability person to person. And you're relying on that, like, you know, that mode of communication. It's almost like, like oh, my friend, please, please, tell so-and-so, like, you're, you're using a friend in the middle. You're like, tell yes. so-and-so this. Yes. And then right. that person's like, you know, you're, you're playing telephone. The, yes, exactly. And that doesn't always work. I mean, that definitely doesn't build... Up a relationship or build up that you know emotion emotional vulnerability when you're you know needing to have those like tough conversations. I feel like yeah, but but they're hard nonetheless. (laughs) Nobody's. I mean, I'm definitely not perfect at having them. (laughs) I think I think it's important that you outline that that is kind
0: of a great resource that you use when you want to have a difficult conversation or kind of set the prelude for that. And so Daniel knows when you come home, like this is like the serious topic you want to talk about. to talk about your feelings or something that made you feel anxious today or sure. whatever it might be and and so you know you guys you can use that too if that's something that you know maybe you want to start doing or even sometimes just like journaling or yeah writing out like in notes or in a text what you would want to say and then you kind of have a clear mind about it for you to build up your confidence to have that conversation sure. i am totally the type of person that i will talk things out loud like in the shower and be like, okay, this is how I'm going to approach my goal
1: talking about this. And the more that I practice it, that's what gives me confidence to be able to tell him. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to bring those things up. And then you're like, I don't like as, as mad as you are about something, you're like, do I like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Like what if then he's mad at me? Like I'm supposed to be the one mad, like, you know, (laughs) and then you're like, I can't share the spotlight of being mad. Like we can't both be mad. It's either I'm mad or you're mad, but when you're mad, Please don't be mad at me. (laughs) Like, that's
0: (laughs) how it goes. What they need to do is create an online dating site for people with social anxiety. Like, awkwardmatch.com. From zero to ten, how awkward (laughs) are you? Okay, you're a five, I'm a five too. Cool, let's go out. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But then again, if you think about it, like, is that a good match? Because we both are True. with people that aren't even socially True. awkward at all or okay. so have no have have no social anxiety so it really honestly kind of benefits us to not have somebody that's exactly like us because if we did i don't think we would have any well
0: friends. you know it's funny <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because another listener messaged in and they both them and their spouse are socially awkward and they spend a lot of time at home their home bodies which is totally fine and they both, so I think the pros are they understand where each other is coming from. Sure. And what, when they go out and they want to do something, to go out, they are able to openly talk about it with each other because they get how each other's feeling and they can be like, okay, I have enough energy in my reserve. Do you for us to go to so-and-so's party tonight? Cool. Great. Or today, you know, I'm feeling anxious about this and I know you are too. So why don't we go on a walk? Because we know that that both helps us deal with our anxiety or whatever it may be. I think it could work if you understand each other, but you also can't... I can only imagine if I were to be married to somebody who was just as anxious as myself we probably would never go out.
1: Yeah, because I think through, like, I mean, if I didn't have Daniel, like, I wouldn't go out on my own. So, and and it's hard for me to want to, like, it's not hard for me to want to go out because I do want to be, like, I do want to be social. I have that part of my personality. It's like, I need to get out, like, you know, at least once a day to, like, feel like I did something. Or I do enjoy having social interaction. It's just that I may not be good at initiating that social interaction. And so I feel like to have Daniel like as a, almost like, you know, I mean, sort of like a crutch to like be that person that will like help me get out or Uh like plan, you know, plan something or like help plan something. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Because I have that, like, you know, I struggle with some, some depression and some days it's just like not a good day. And I like, I know that I'll do better if I get out, but I can't, I just can't get myself out. Like I would never be able to do that by myself. It's very, very difficult. And Daniel, like, will recognize if I'm having a hard day, and he'll be like, "All right, we're gonna go do this, and we're gonna go do this." And I know that this is gonna make you feel better, and mm-hmm. you're gonna have a little bit more joy in your life today. And and so I, you know, I appreciate that he's always been so understanding and and willing to work with me on those kinds of things because I don't I don't know that I would be as challenged to be as be- like be as better as I am now. Like have grown. Have yeah, I don't think that I would have grown as much as I have if I didn't have him. Yes. I completely agree. Michael is so my portal into the social
0: world. I mean, he really has rubbed off on me in the past ten years and I'm so thankful for that. I mean he we it's just like you and Daniel. Yang yang yin yang, yang. But we make it work. And yeah. I think that we ground our husbands and they pull us out of the ground a little bit. And I think that's important because we're challenging each other to grow in different ways, um, especially meeting at such a young age, because right. we need to do that whether we're alone or with somebody anyway. Sure. So if you're going to be with somebody long term, like you still need to be growing individually throughout that time. Um, and so I can, I mean, I can totally relate to that for sure. Which is funny because I think back to Michael and I's first date, which I actually, it was funny because it wasn't even in the show notes that I had put on, (laughs) but I thought about it today. I don't know why I didn't remember this. And we watched a movie. He invited me over to his apartment to watch a movie. Which I would totally take over going out to dinner. I don't want to be eaten in front of anybody on my first date. But I understand sometimes you need a little bit of liquid courage. So you want to go out to a restaurant. Sure. But anyway, I go there. Andy, we we're going to watch a movie. And he has
1: a like, whole stack of DVDs or whatever. And he was like, pick pick whatever one you want to watch. Uh, the worst question anybody can ever pose.
0: <laughs> I was like, okay, well, let me just pick one real quick. So I'm not put on the spot anymore. And I literally picked American Psycho. <laughs> And for any of you who don't know what that movie is, I mean just google it. I don't think there's an appropriate way for me to explain what it is, but it's not first date material. No. And but you went with it and you went with it. And, we with just it and I it. just I was on one side of the couch, Michael was on the other side of the couch, I don't think we looked at each other the entire time. I was totally mortified, but you know what? What happened at the end of the night was we had our first kiss.
1: Well, there you go. So, you
0: know, you just never know. Sometimes you just... You gotta be awkward.
1: You gotta put yourself out there and... And it still went better than you probably perceived in your head.
0: Well, it's <laughs> not like I can flirt. I mean, if I flirt, it's like me saying, do you like tacos? Okay, cool. You like tacos too? Let's go get tacos. Like, that's my idea of flirting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I... um Now, just think through my first date with Daniel and we... We're doing, like, dinner and a movie. So you're like, okay, you know, got to get through the, the, the food portion. That's already enough anxiety. Don't right. spill anything. We have somewhere else to be after this. Blah, blah, blah. And so um, we go to, you know, the fancy P.F. Chang's for our first date oh, yeah, as high schoolers. Fancy. Yeah, you know, we were <laughs> really, like, cool. Um, and we got out of the restaurant, and I look across the parking lot. And I see color. And <laughs> I lo- look look at Daniel and I say, is that your car? And and he's looking and he's like, yeah, I think so. So one of Daniel's friends had decided to sticky note Daniel's car on our first date <laughs> with his um, girlfriend at the time. And when I say, like, he's sticking in the car, it wasn't like, oh, there's, like, a few sticky notes on the car. Like, no, they, like... L- legitimately like sticky note to sticky note like line to line all the way around the entire car dang you must have been at dinner for a long time uh well you know me and my social awkward self probably took forever to have a conversation Um, and I like, l- I froze. Like I was like, Oh my God, I can't go over there. Like we're going to stand out in the parking lot. Like people will probably want to take our parking spot. Like then we're just, you know, holding them up. Cause we're trying to like take off all these notes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, um, Daniel, like, of course is like eating this up. Cause he thinks it's hilarious. And I'm like, this is not funny. Like, and how do I like portray how anxious, like, I, I can't even tell you like how anxious I feel. Because back then I didn't even really know like what it was, but at the same time, like I still Your want him to like stealing. me. Like, yeah. I'm like, I still want him to like me. So I'm like trying to make the best out of it. And then we go to the movies and of course we like get out of the movie theater and he has like left his keys in the movie theater for, for the car. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we can't go back in because this is the outdoor. First of all. And second of all, like are they gonna let us in? Like are we gonna get in trouble for trying to sneak by? Like all we need are the keys? And I was like, you know what fine, like you go get you go get the keys I'll see you in here. Well, then I'm, like, didn't think that through because then I'm just, like, standing outside the movie theater in the dark by myself. At least the and car's
0: not on it anymore. That's
1: true. That's true. <laughs> but I was, like, freaked out about, like, and then he was taking a long time. And I was, like, oh, my God, the security guard got him. And at oh,
0: the movie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no. like,
1: this is the worst-case scenario stuff that goes through my mind. Oh, and, I, and, I and then eventually he comes out, and I'm, like, oh, thank God, like, I'm saved. Like, I'm not standing out here by myself because, you know, when I'm standing outside by myself – and I don't have anybody with me, then I'm like, oh God, like some, hopefully somebody doesn't come up and talk to me or like <laughs> ask me if I'm lost because I look like I'm 12. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I just feel like dates are hard. I don't even like honestly going on dates that much now. Like e- even still, like yeah. I'm like, oh, I was just the two of us. Like that's weird. <laughs> I think it just
0: takes a lot of energy and, and our everyday lives are so draining for us that, um, or I guess certain c- scenarios for us are so draining that I kind of have to plan it according to how my week is. Like if I have a week that's really low key, I can be like, okay, cool. I can have a date night. Let's do it. But if I'm having a really crummy week or I felt anxious, it wouldn't even be worth it to me. I don't even think I would enjoy it if yeah. I went out because I
1: still needed to digest my feelings from the week. Sure. Yeah. For, I mean, I, I can relate with that. Like if it's been too mentally exhausting, I'm like, no, I don't have like the energy I mean to do it. But I also like, this is so dumb. I'm like, well, we already spent so much time together. I'm like, what are we going to talk about? Like, is it, <laughs> is it going to be awkward? Like a real, like, like then I feel like it is like a, like a really awkward date because I'm like, what do we? What do we have to talk about? Like, like I just go through all these scenarios of how awkward this day could be, mm-hmm. and and like I'm like, oh, he's my husband. Like, who cares? But at the same time, I'm like, oh god, like, are we just gonna sit and stare at each other across the table? <laughs> I think you know
0: that that they're your soulmate when you can sit there and stare at each other in silence, and like, it's okay. You yeah. don't. You don't have those like, oh my gosh, gotta think of what to say next, this, that, or the other, or like that little voice inside your head when you're socially anxious kind of it wants to take over and so there's a little scenario or a little floop that I found here about what that how that can play out when you're on a date or you know you're meeting up with a friend or a crush or something like that but Derek is the guy in the scenario it just says me so I'm just gonna use Susie as you know the the girl but Derek says hey how's it going Susie says, hey, pretty good. Just got back from volunteering. How about you? The socially anxious person in her head says, that's not good enough. You don't sound interesting. But Derek says, that's awesome. I just got off work. Susie's mind says, well, now all I can really ask is about his work. So she says, nice. Where do you work? He says, an engineering firm. What about you? Oh, no. Now I have to tell him I'm unemployed. And he's going to think I'm unemployed because I suck well, I'm just looking for work right now. I just got out of school and she says, well, great. Now he's not interested, the conversation's boring and it's all my fault. But then he says, oh nice, where did you go to school? So I think this is a great example of all of the negative thoughts that take over our mind when we're feeling anxious. Because it's our defense mechanism to preparing us for the worst.
1: Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, like, I feel like everybody who has any social anxiety at all can relate to having this, like, voice in their head that's, like, constantly telling them, like, what could go wrong. What are the what-ifs? Like, all the things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. um, And, like, the worst possible case scenario. And you're like, well, that didn't go well. And mm-hmm. it didn't. It, and it did go totally fine out, right. in real life. Correct. I do
0: that all the time when... Michael and I are having days where we don't want to do the same thing. Like I found that that's the day where those thoughts in my mind affect me the most because it makes me feel like we're not connected or I'm like, well, why are you even married? If like he wants to just take a nap and watch this movie and I like want to take Emily on a walk, like that's it. Like we're supposed to want to do the same things. And my mind goes to the gutter and is like, oh, well, maybe you should reevaluate or maybe like, maybe you are boring. He doesn't want to go on the walk with you. That's boring. Like he would rather do this or that. And I'm like, it's crazy that that happens. And I know my husband inside and out, mm-hmm. but those thoughts tricky sometimes.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, um, it's interesting that I feel this way. I'll explain, but cause cause words of affirmation aren't really a thing for me. Um, but if I feel like I've had a bad week with my anxiety or whatever, um, I find that I struggle with like, does Daniel still like me? Like, do you still love me? Like, am I doing enough for you? Like those kinds of things. And so sometimes I feel like I get completely insecure and it goes back to that, you know, like, oh my gosh, is he going to reject me? Like, cause I'm always worried that even, when, even though we're married and we've been together and he's stayed by my side all this time uh-huh. I'm still worried that there will be some sort of rejection at some point and, um and I'm always like do you still love me like am I doing enough of you? and so I ask him those questions and it's and and then I'm reassured by him saying yes like of course we're best friends like I love you so much mm-hmm. and all these things mm-hmm. and that's like the those are the times that I'm I, I find that the words are things that I need um mm-hmm. because I'm insecure and I have created these thoughts in my head that aren't true mm-hmm. and I have to have the reassurance from him that what I'm hearing in my head is false
0: <laughs> yes I I totally understand you know your the thoughts are hijacking your relationship hijacking your your brain and, and how you're feeling and it sounds like because you are actually being vulnerable with yourself and allowing yourself to feel those anxious things or stressful things or frustrating things. You have to circle back to the common denominator or your constant in your life that your rock, which is Daniel, and you need him to reiterate, like, it's okay that you've been feeling these things all week. I'm yeah. here for you. And if you need me to reiterate that to you, I can do that. Which he's good at because he likes words of affirmation yes exactly for you yeah for sure so guys i feel like you know feeling anxious about a date a crush a friend that maybe turns into a date i don't know marriage whatever it is is a total like a shared human experience we all feel nervous if you have social anxiety disorder you're gonna feel extra nervous and that's totally okay Eric and i have both been there and after talking to each other more we're understanding that whether we were 17 or 30 those thoughts and feelings are still just as real. Yeah. And so we have some tips um on dating and social anxiety. So I mentioned it earlier having a drink to take the edge off. I my personal I'm not,
1: favorite. Yes.
0: I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I I'll do it. It it totally makes me feel have that liquid courage, especially in a social, like, gathering. Like, with people, I'm like, okay, I can meet you guys on
1: your level now. Yeah, and I feel like it takes away the whole, like, everybody is looking at me, everybody is, like, worried about what Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. Like, I feel like some of that, those fears and things go away when you just are a little tipsy. (laughs) It is what it is. Um,
0: Message your friend for encouragement. So, if you want to go as far as Call me at 10 o'clock and I'll tell you, this is the code word for, I have to leave. This is the code word for not, you know, whatever yeah. makes you feel more comfortable. I think that that is
1: totally okay. If you don't have a friend to do that, just let us know. We are more than happy to do that for you. I'll <laughs> call you. I'll call you. Um, arriving early.
0: I know I'm. I like to arrive early. I don't want to be that person walking in and everyone's there. I'm trying to find the table, like we talked about earlier, and then yeah. they're staring at you and looking at you, and then you're like, "Do I hug them? Do I not? Are they going to get up?" You know. You got to scout
1: out the scenario. You got to scout out the situation just... and the environment before because it's like kind of an adapt, like an adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like when you're taken out of your bubble, which is your house, mm-hmm. and you're anywhere and mm-hmm. you're not familiar with it, mm-hmm. you have to like adapt, and so. It takes a little bit of time to get familiar with your surroundings. And if you're like me, you, you know, scan from the floor to the ceiling. So, and, and if something moves, you'll notice. So, <laughs>
0: or you could suggest a date at a place where you're comfortable. Yes. You know, whether that's dinner, there's nothing wrong with that movie, a walk, like if you you know another tip is being yourself so if you have a place where you're like i'm an outdoorsy person i feel the most alive when i'm on a walk go on a walk like it's 2020 you don't have to go to meet cancun on your first date you can do whatever Mm -hmm. yeah for sure the hardest one but the most important one i think is trying to assume the best not the worst Right. That's pretty difficult. It's super hard. I think the more you practice, the easier it gets. And if you go on continuous dates with somebody you really like, I'm hoping that that positive feedback helps you think the best of
1: what your relationship might blossom into. Yeah. And I, guys, I'm a pessimist at heart, like truly. And I have learned over the years to just tell myself that I'm an optimist before situations or like before thing, like certain things. Or if I think like, oh man, like I'm not like a big fan of going to work today. Like that, like I, it's important for me to say, no, I'm an optimist. It's not going to be as bad as I think this could happen and this could happen and it could be a really great day. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that, that that's important. Like it's super hard, but even just telling yourself or like waking up and like saying, I'm going to be an optimist today can change your whole perspective of like what your, what, what your goals are for, for that day. Because I mean, I could wake up and be like, well, the world's ending today. Like that's it. (laughs) But, but when I know that those, that I struggle with that, then I'm like, let me think of all the things that could go right today.
0: (laughs) Or like, you know, you just want to set yourself up for success. Yeah, if you can for sure. And you know, remember that your thoughts are just thoughts. You don't have to acknowledge them. That's actually one of the best pieces of advice my old therapist told me is that they're going to come, they're going to go. It's totally natural and it's up to you whether you want to acknowledge them or not.
1: Yeah. Or let that have an effect on you.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, you're going to feel nervous and, and I think that's okay. You might have like a excited giddy nervous Mm -hmm. Then you might have a oh my gosh i'm making the wrong decision nervous and that's where you have to assume the best and not the worst but remember that the other person is probably feeling just as nervous as you are they might be better able to hide it because they don't have aren't socially awkward or anxious or whatever they're just better at hiding it um but i I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who's gone on a first date and yeah. they have not had an ounce at least
1: of nervousness, yeah, I was just about to say I was like, I don't think that I know anybody who's never not been like who's never not been nervous because I think that that's a natural emotion that everybody can relate to mm-hmm. um, and sometimes like that word um is useful in explaining how you're feeling because I feel like when I am anxious, like the best way to describe it is like just like a feeling of nervousness for like what could happen or Mm -hmm. like what is happening or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And most people can relate to the feeling of being nervous over something, whether that's like taking a test or doing a presentation or having a a speech or, you know, anything along those lines, like, Daniel can relate to being nervous, and I know this because we've talked about it, Mm -hmm. and so if you're ever looking for, like, a way to describe it to somebody, like, you know, I feel like you and I have figured out, like, how to explain this to our husbands so that they better understand us. like, that's a good word to use, um, because everybody's felt that at some point in their life.
0: Yeah, and you (laughs) you could, if you have enough courage, you could prelude They date with that. I mean, who's not going to like you because you share the fact
1: that you're a little bit nervous
0: about your first date? Yeah. That might even be awesome because they might be like, oh, me too. I'm a little nervous. And then you've already made a little bit of a breakthrough.
1: Yeah. And that's also like a super vulnerable thing to say. So you've already kind of opened that door. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. And and then they're going to be like, oh, okay, it's not just me too. And then you can, you know, you can start with that. And that may lead to a completely normal conversation about dating like they may be having the same troubles you you may not they may not be socially awkward about it or socially anxious sure, about sure. it but they you know they're obviously on a date for a reason <laughs>
0: right. you are correct so remember our tips on dating you guys and if you have any questions or you want us to reiterate or share another experience feel free to message us we are always here for you even if you just want to talk or vent or whatever. Um, Again, we appreciate you guys listening to us and supporting us. We love all of your feedback. So please keep sending it our way and stay tuned for our next episode.